0: to after the bell with your host laura if you like what you hear today please rate and review kindly this show is a series of conversations with educators and learners to try and deconstruct some of the stereotypes around education if you'd like to know more about me please visit my instagram page at educatingLaura. laura Thank you so much for joining me today. I know that Fridays I usually put out the reading of the blogs, but I put out a call on Instagram asking for suggestions and your recommendations in terms of what kind of content you might like to hear on the podcast and I got several people writing back to me about the idea of learning, how to learn and how to be motivated to learn during a pandemic. And what I'm finding at the moment is that people that are learning are not just students in your classroom anymore. We've actually got a lot of people developing themselves in terms of online courses and upskilling and potentially looking at changing careers because they have time to go back to school because it's being done virtually. So, I think especially for myself as a student, it took me a long time to work out the best way to learn, and I'm really passionate about that as a teacher and ensuring that the students in my class are really empowered and understand how they learn best and to try and cater for them. So, I am really excited to talk about this today because I used to really target this in my classes, and I think that this is something that doesn't necessarily apply to students, it does apply to all of us. And if this is something you're interested in, please keep listening. So, I'd like to talk today about the different kinds of learning styles, how you can discover the way you like to learn the best as well as how to be motivated in a pandemic and to be true to yourself and honour the kind of learner that you are and not expect yourself to sit down for hours at a time studying or for study to look a certain way and to honour the way that you actually learn as an individual in order to get the most joy out of upskilling or learning or whatever kind of task you're trying to take on right now. So the first thing I'd like to start with are the type of learning styles that have been identified and they're often identified as multiple intelligences. So Howard Gardner is the creator of the multiple intelligence theory and he was from Harvard University and worked as a psychologist and developed this theory in 1986 just for a bit of background. And the types of intelligences that There are uh, linguistic intelligence, interpersonal, intrapersonal, naturalist, logical, musical, spatial, and kinesthetic. So, they're the types of intelligences we have, and we all harbor all of them in different levels. Some of them are really, really strong, and others are certainly not our preferred way of learning. So, there's a website called personalitymax.com, and I'll put the link in the show notes for you, and you can look at Your personality type. You can also look at the multi intelligence quiz and identify the kinds of intelligences you favour. There's also learning style quizzes as well as left right brain quizzes. So they're all free, they're fantastic. They give you a really great result section at the end that is quite comprehensive. I will put the link in the show notes for you. So it takes probably about five minutes. There's 80 questions, but they're really, really straightforward questions. So things like do you like to play music? Do you like to be around a lot of people? Do you like to know about yourself? Do you consider yourself logical? So things that are really basic questions, common sense questions that you will know about yourself. You don't have to worry about getting the right answer. It's just about being true to who you are. And in about five minutes, you should have a pretty good breakdown on which intelligences or types of ways of learning that you favor. So for me, I am mostly linguistic, then interpersonal, intrapersonal, and Right down the bottom are things like musical and kinesthetic and I could tell you that straight away. As a teacher I would also encourage you to give these quizzes to your kids. I remember doing it a lot especially in the sciences because you can revise in so many different ways in science. English you can still revise in different ways but often the end point is writing so you always have to foster that idea of writing and developing comprehensive thoughts and ideas and so because the end point is a little bit limited you do always have to focus on that writing and that ability to develop ideas. But in the sciences, pretty much any other subject in terms of large scale amounts of information and different theories, I highly encourage students to know how they learn and for the teacher to tell them how they learn and for the teacher to know how they learn. And also, once I would get these results from the kids, I would also tend to group the kids together and let them see who else learnt like them. And especially in those senior years, they could actually create study groups that allowed them to pair up with people that worked in a similar way to them so just really basically and I'll pop this link also in the show notes if you identify as being a linguistic learner which means that you like language and absolutely no surprise that this is number one for me I love to talk I love to hear about people and I like to write I'm an English teacher I love all of that sort of stuff so no surprises for me but if you are this kind of learner in class You should be speaking, debating, expressing your opinions, asking questions rather than passively just listening to a teacher. It's really important to exercise your voice and to get the language out there and to ask questions and also articulate your answers to somebody else. When you're studying, it's important to paraphrase what you have heard or read aloud. Don't just copy things word for word. It's not good for you. You need to actually get the language in your own voice. It's important to start thinking about analogies of ways you can compare theories to maybe an anecdote that you've heard of to try and relate it directly to you, make up a story, create an acronym, things like that. Developing questions from the information so that you can work backwards from the content. So Creating a really good question to give you the answer that you want is actually quite difficult and I can speak from a teaching perspective on this. The amount of times that I've written a test or an outcome or an assessment and you read the answer and no, it wasn't what I wanted, but is that a reasonable answer for the way I've worded the question? So wording a question to get the right answer or to get the exact answer you want is actually quite difficult and a worthy skill for somebody that is a linguistic learner or prefers that way of learning. Completing review questions in full sentences, so not just writing dot points. Create and listen to podcasts. So here we are. I'm creating and I'm loving podcasts. So here we go. So just goes to show that I really am that linguistic kind of a learner. If you are logical and mathematical, so for me, really far down the list. But if you are, if you're in class or engaging in sort of class work, you need to illustrate information in comparative manners. So things like graphs, probability theories, analogies, students should be questioning theories rather than passively accepting what is said by the teacher if you're revising, you need to list the key points of what you are learning in a logical numbered sequence make a flow chart or sequential diagram that expresses what you are learning in a step-by-step manner if you are musical perhaps talk to your teachers about having music on while you're doing private study so whether you're bringing an ipod to school iphone my god ipod probably don't even use those anymore right listening to something on your laptop you need to actively listen to your teacher explain things and you need to be really actively listening to class discussions because by hearing things that's the best way for you to engage with material sometimes it's important for you to be physically involved in arranging models information putting things into orders as well because obviously if you're musical playing music instruments is also quite physical so there is that element to that too When you're revising, I'd encourage you to put things in song form. So write a jingle, a rap, a poem, something that creates an element of melody for you. Summarising notes in your own words is also very important. Play appropriate background music as you think. Revise your topic. Try and choose music that represents what you are learning. So I know that most of you have probably heard that classical music is seen to be really supportive for study and revision and for brain work. So I would certainly encourage you to look into that. Create or listen to your own podcasts. Quiet classical music has proven, as I said before, to stimulate the emotional center of the brain, so certainly worth considering. If you are bodily or kinesthetic, it means that you need to physically interact with the environment and with the work that you're doing. And I will say from a teaching perspective, these kids are the hardest ones to teach in a classroom setting they are fidgety, they like to move their bodies, they look out the window because they want to be outside and if you relate to that you are more likely to be one of these kinesthetic learners and often I find the classroom environment is not well suited to you. But if you are in the class You need to be actively involved in teamwork, building models, interviewing people, working on projects, role playing, engaging in class discussions rather than passively listening. So trying to actively be involved, whether you are actually speaking, physically moving around the room, arranging things with your hands, really hands on physical, practical activities is really important. When revising material, you can act out or role play what you're doing, create models, cards that you can physically move around to illustrate a concept or formula. So with you, rather than writing a mind map, what I would suggest you do is create flashcards of key material and then you can physically move them around the space and you can change how you're feeling about stuff and you can sequentially number things and be really hands on with it rather than creating a static document. I think that's really important for kinesthetic learners. Writing out information is good rather than purely listening because you have to be physically involved in it. Writing things on post-it notes is great because you can start sticking them around. You can visually look at them in different places. You can identify what colors you'd like to use and create something really aesthetically pleasing for you as well. Exercising while listening to information. So if you've got some lectures or a podcast or information that you need to engage with and it's really dry for you, perhaps go for a walk while listening to it rather than just trying to get it in via writing or listening to a lecture while seated. If you are a spatial or visual learner in class, you should be looking at visual prompts as well as color coding your notes, drawing diagrams of concepts rather than just writing notes word for word. When revising as a spatial and visual learner, create learning maps or posters, cartoons, videos or timelines, use symbols instead of words, watch videos on theories taught rather than just listening. You need to be seeing something in front of you rather than just hearing it. If you're an interpersonal learner, in class you should work in small groups and teams actively engage in class discussions, don't passively listen to the teacher. So being interpersonal means you need to interact with other people and oftentimes seeing information in the context of somebody else is really important and to see how it works for somebody else. Interpersonal people don't like to let other people down. So often study groups is a great thing to do because you connect with other people, you work with other people, but you also commit to other people. For revising, as an interpersonal learner, you need to discuss the topic with someone else. Teach what you were learning to someone else or compare notes with peers. So, I am highly interpersonal as well. And as a teacher, I can relate to this because it wasn't until I began teaching and I had to start explaining things to other people and getting a reaction in terms of whether that was a good explanation or not, having to find other ways of explaining things that my knowledge became greater and greater about the content. Intrapersonal is also another one, and intrapersonal is the idea of needing to know more about yourself and being clear about your own identity. And so, Often the best way of learning as an intrapersonal learner is to get a frame of reference for your theory based on things that you understand or things that are personal to you. So by trying to create personalized element to the theory really helps. And again, I'm quite intrapersonal as well. And as a teacher, for me, it was really important to see the context and relevance behind every task. And I think as a student, that was quite challenging for me because tasks were often completed based on somebody else's expectation. And what's actually important for me as an intrapersonal learner is to have a intrinsic connection to something and an intrinsic connection to success. And again, that didn't happen really for me until I got into the classroom and I began to care and connect with my students. So if you really start to reflect on the kind of personality you believe yourself to have and how you feel you shot best in the world, it should be quite common sense. And I think that once you do the quiz, you'll start to notice how you naturally rely on certain types of intelligences. And it should be kind of that validating moment for you as a teacher in terms of implementing these kinds of differences in learning what i would recommend is especially during revision time setting up different revision activities so many of these different types of intelligences can be filtered down into three types of learning or three types of learning styles which are your visual your auditory and your kinesthetic so again on the website on the personality max website there is an ability to identify The kind of learning style you relate to and if you're a visual learner you obviously learn by seeing so visual learners so you learn visually whenever you gain information from sight this includes more than just viewing of pictures on your surroundings but also encompassing the written word, looking at words. So for me, for example, I often think about what a word looks like in order to spell it or I have to write it out. And so think about the ways that you learn to spell. Do you spell by seeing something, by hearing it or by physically writing it? So those things will give you some insight as to whether you are a visual, auditory or kinesthetic learner as well. So if you're a visual learner, you tend to be good at remembering people's faces you can accurately recognise body language and facial expressions. You're able to picture things in your mind. So if you close your eyes, you have a really good sense of visualisation with your mind's eye. You good at taking notes in the form of texts or you might like to doodle on your paper. You comprehend visual information such as charts, graphs and diagrams. You recall appearances with ease. You appreciate pictures and illustrations in books. You enjoy learning from video presentations. You learn well from flashcards and notice visual details that others might miss. If you're a kinesthetic learner, you like to learn by doing. So you learn in this manner whenever you capture new information through the process of physical activity. It's often referred to as hands-on learning experiences as well. So if you are a kinesthetic learner, you tend to be good at learning through hands-on work. You're often bored with traditional textbook learning. You like to move around and explore your environment. You enjoy athletics and physical education and activities. You like to touch objects and people. So if you're one of those people that really enjoys using a stress ball or a fidget spinner or those tech deck things that are just a worse nightmare for a teacher, I remember actually having a student in a year seven class that he fidgeted so much that he would actually rock the table and people didn't want to sit next to him. And so I ended up bringing him in a couple of stress balls and things like that because he just could not sit still. And if you relate to that, it is likely that you are a kinesthetic type of learner. You like going on field trips, being out in nature, get satisfaction of building things with your own hands, but you can become quite restless without physical activity. And I think that it is really important to honor that about yourself if you are that kind of a learner. And the traditional classroom may have been quite difficult for you. And what I would say is if you are trying to revise and do work at home, be honest about how your body feels. And if your body wants to move, move it. Go for a walk, go for a run, kick a footy, do what you need to do and come back because you kind of need to get that energy out And until that you'll become distracted by that pent up energy. So be honest about how you're feeling when you're revising and studying at home. Now, I relate highly to being a linguistic intelligence and auditory learning. So that is, for me, really important. So I like to discuss things. I like to talk about things. I'm literally creating a podcast right now. So it makes the most sense. But for me and for other people, this type of learning is helpful in the classroom environment because it's all about listening and hearing other people. And that's the best way that auditory learners can comprehend information. And so you're good at remembering people's names. You recall spoken information easily. You're aware of and easily distracted by sounds, So it is important to consider what's going on around you, especially when you're studying. You enjoy listening to audiobooks and storytelling, often skilled at speaking, prefer classes in lecture format. There's nothing wrong with recording lectures to listen to them again later or to record yourself saying information or theory. And I actually used to do this a lot when I was at high school. I would record pretty dry information in my own words and then listen to them on a cassette tape, which shows my age, and listen to it when I was lacking energy to do anything more than just listen. You enjoy rhymes, rhythmic patterns in language, benefit from group discussions and things like that. So a really easy way to set up revision for the three types of learners, your visual auditory and kinesthetic I would have a list of terms for my visual learners I'd put them together and I would ask them to create a mind map and color code those mind maps so identifying the more broader topics and then going into the more specific elements of each topic through the words and linking it together creating something visual color coding all of those kinds of things were really helpful for revision if you're a visual learner auditory learners, I would often give either essay topics or exam questions and I would get them to sit together and discuss. So I didn't really expect necessarily a lot of writing, but I wanted to see them discussing their answers and identifying how to answer that question properly, looking at the key terms, things like that. And with my kinesthetic learners, I'd often bring jigsaw puzzles in. So I would have key terms that they had to link together, or I would have a concept in which they had to put together a jigsaw puzzle or I would ask them to draw out a particular process in order to physically be involved in it so I would have at least three tasks set up to target each type of learning style and because I'd often done this kind of testing with my kids I knew exactly where to put them I have linked the website personality max for you and you can go through as I said the personality types multiple intelligences, learning styles on left and right brain. I've discussed the multiple intelligences today and the learning styles because I think they're the most important in terms of how to learn but there are the other pieces of information for you. Now the other thing I wanted to talk about was the idea of remaining motivated and I know that it can be really challenging and the biggest thing that I would say in terms of motivation is ensure that what you are setting yourself and the tasks you are setting yourself are able to be completed without being a chore and what I mean by that is Be really honest with yourself about what your concentration span is and also your interest level in what you're doing. So let's say, for example, you have maths to do, English to do, and science to do. Okay, really basic overview, right? Say you hate maths, say you love English, and say you're kind of whatever on science. I know for myself to sit down and do maths for a long period of time would be very taxing for me. It would take a lot of my brain power to comprehend it, to make sense of it. And I know that because it's not a natural thing for me to be doing, I might get a little bit frustrated with myself and feel a little down on myself in terms of how difficult some of it could be for me. And so to be honest, doing maths for 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes is probably my quota before I start to get a bit agitated. And so what is important is to be honest about how much time you can actually concentrate on something without your mind wandering. Create a potential study plan for yourself. And so start with the subject that is difficult for you. one that you don't like to do and set a reasonable time frame so say for example you have as i said maths you know you've probably got about 45 minutes of it to do set yourself 20 minutes set yourself a timer and then give yourself a reward at the end of that 20 minutes and not a ridiculously long reward it could literally be 15 minutes doing a quick jog around the block it could be 15 minutes of sitting in front of the tv it could be 15 minutes of checking your social media it could be 15 minutes of calling a friend It could be 15 minutes of drawing something. But give yourself 15 minutes of reward or 10 minutes of reward that you get after that 20 minutes. It could be going to having something to eat. I used to do that a lot with reports. I'd Get some M&Ms or something like that after 20 minutes. But give yourself that break. Know that you've only got 20 minutes and something positive is coming for you. The other thing that I would do too is, as I said, you've got your maths, your English and your science. If maths is my challenging one, I'm going to honour my time frame myself rewards at those 20 minute marks if that's how I how long I feel I can concentrate on that and then I'm going to move to science because I'm kind of halfway between that I, I like it sometimes but other times I find it a bit of a challenge but I do know that I can concentrate on that a little bit more so I know that I could probably do 40 minutes on science without a reward and so I'm going to spend 40 minutes on science if I can get it done in 40 minutes great if not 40 minutes give myself 10-15 minutes of a reward whatever suits me and then get back in to finish it and give myself another 40 minutes if that's what it takes or if it takes less than 40 minutes great and it's done and then if I like English I would then spend the rest of my afternoon the rest of my day working on that and just honor how I'm feeling because if I enjoy something I'm more likely to keep going with it because I'm making progress I feel good about it I feel inspired and excited and also it makes me feel happy that I can see I'm good at something and so I would always Leave those subjects or those tasks that I feel good about to the end because you like to sort of end your study on a high. There's nothing worse than burning out at the end and feeling like, why am I doing all of this? If you're a really visual learner, it might be nice to have a list of rewards that you can then put on the fridge or something like that and tick off the rewards that you're allowing yourself to have, or again, tick off that twenty minutes of maths that you've done so that you feel as though you've accomplished something. If you're not getting something, make sure that you take a minute and realise how far you've actually come and be positive about what you have learnt because I think that a lot of the time we can be fixated on that one question we didn't get. But put it in perspective and understand that there were 18 that you did get or that you were really great with the previous science experiment. You're sure this one's a little bit challenging for you, but it doesn't mean you don't understand experimental design you know, put things into perspective. Don't think that this one thing that you can't do, this one challenge is defining because it's not. It's one thing that perhaps you need a little bit more help with. You need to maybe refine the way that you're studying that particular aspect of the curriculum and that's okay. There's lots of ways to learn new skills and and as I said, these quizzes that I've put up for you should help you identify other ways of learning as well. So, I'm hoping that that was really helpful to learn about learning and to be aware of the fact that you need to be true to your own sense of concentration and the way that you like to study and to make sure that you are consuming information in a way that feels right for you because that's the most important thing and and the most empowering thing I think as a learner to be able to understand that how you learn best is the way that you should learn and the way that you should engage with information. If you go to my Instagram page and go to the link in my bio, feel free to go to the podcast link and in there is a form for you to fill in if you would like to hear anything else from me, you'd like to know more about me, you might like to know more about my opinions on something, maybe some ideas about teaching or curriculum or resources or anything like that. So if there's anything you'd like to hear on this podcast, please feel free to reach out. If you'd like to get in touch with me about being on the podcast, you think that you've got something great to offer teachers, educators and lifelong learners, please feel free to contact me that way as well. I'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, you can DM me on Instagram at Educating Laura. So I'm hoping that you got a lot out of this today or at least something out of this. And you can see that the one-size-fits-all model of education is non-existent. And even if you did have a difficult time in the classroom, hopefully you can start to harness your own education now if you're upskilling and if you are still in the classroom hopefully you are hearing something for the first time or being validated about the way that you learn that is positive for you thanks so much for spending time with me today